Thank you, Brother Jerry Terrell, and it is a pleasure to come into this service tonight again. And uh, we cherish the the honor to uh, be a part of the services that have been going on here for the last two nights and all day today. I thought as I stepped up, not to this pulpit, but got up in this pulpit, you have to wear this thing. I uh, I looked at it a few moments ago, and it's uh, it's very uh, very strong. It's very very rugged built. Uh, it is a uh, monument to the man who built it, Brother Marvin Terrell, and I I expect he designed this thing and built it. And uh, when the Lord makes people, he he makes them, I guess, out of uh, different types of fabric. Uh, some he made out of silk and satin, I guess. And, but when the Lord designed Brother Marvin Terrell, he uh, he built him a little more tougher and durable, durable than some, and maybe used burlap on him. I don't know just what he used. But he's a uh, real man, and uh, you couldn't you couldn't search the whole world over and find another one just like Brother Marvin Terrell. Nowhere in the world. I uh, I love him very much. I uh, honor and respect this white-haired preacher, and we've been coming here a long time. And honestly, from the bottom of my heart, this is one of my favorite places to come and visit. We always. Enjoy coming to Pleasant Hill Church, and uh, I really do treasure our friendship with Brother Terrell. He is uh, just uh, very outstanding. He he amuses me, uh, and he don't try to be funny, and uh, he's not a but he just he amuses me. I I really I'm blessed by being around Brother Terrell. I like the way he describes things. And uh, when the Lord, I said you couldn't search the world over and find another one just like him. And when the Lord made him, and when the Lord made him, whatever the pattern and the mold was, he just broke it right there and said, we won't make any more just like Marvin Terrell. That'll be the only one that there will be because that's all that's needed. And uh, (laughs) I appreciate him so much. We're living in an hour where things are stereotyped and mass-produced. Everybody's got a copy machine, and uh, my wife's got one. Everybody's got a computer. I guess I don't have one. I don't even know how to turn one on. My wife has one, and she sets and does all kinds of tricks with it. And uh, they tell me today that preachers even fax their sermons to each other. Amen. If anybody like when I get through tonight, you can have this one and fax it to some very important preacher. You see what they can do with it. I doubt if they can even read it. Sometimes when it gets cold, I have to study real hard. Amen. But uh, we're in a day of mass-produced things, stereotyped. And uh, But when God made his prophets, he didn't put them out like, chickens out of an incubator 
Amen. They didn't all come out just alike with the same little sermons and catchy phrases and cliches. Somebody said, I get up at 5 o'clock every morning and read. And go down to the Baptist bookstore and get them a sack full of books to read so they'll have something to say. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there's 66 books in this laying here before me tonight. These, these young people sang a beautiful song about give me truth. And if there was ever an hour in a generation that needed to hear truth, you are the people upon whom the ends of the world have come. Amen. And these, these old-time seasoned fireball preachers are a vanishing breed today. Amen. Men with grit and men with grace and men with ability and men with boldness and men that have guts and men that are not afraid. Amen. To stand up and preach the word of the Lord. Amen. And look us right in the white of the eyes and declare to us the full counsel of God. I, I appreciate that. And I salute my dear friend, Brother Terrell, and his lovely wife, Sister Terrell. We appreciate them so much. And the friendship of this wonderful church, you people who are members of this Pleasant Hill Church are extremely blessed. And I, I beho- exhort you tonight, amen, stand with this white-haired preacher. Stand with him, even when the going gets tough. Forget about having your way. Stand with this man of God. I'd rather hear that a truckload of gravel backed over one of you than to hear that you left this church and that you turned against this white-haired veteran. Amen. You have something and you might not realize it. But I'm going to tell you, when God takes him on, amen, there's going to be some squalling and carrying on, and some are going to realize then that God sent you a real man of God, a real man, a real man, a real man. And you'll look the world over not to replace him. Paul said, I know that after my departure, grievous wolves I enter in, not sparing the flock. Preacher has not only to look to his future, a preacher must look beyond him. You must not only look at what is ahead of me and what I'm going to accomplish in the rest of my life. We reach a place in our life, Brother Terrell, we look back at what we have already done and we say, God, I've got to be sure that I preserve and take care of the work that I have already done. Amen. We are investing in the souls of men and women tonight. All of you preachers, you are my friends, and I cherish and value your friendship tonight. I'm probably the least qualified among you to stand where I am tonight, but I'll do my best to preach the Word of the Lord. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight as we look into the Word of the Lord? And I I realize that the time is uh, getting away from us, and I will be very... uh, uh, more than you probably will remember that, that uh, we are looking at the clock. But uh, nobody else has been in any hurry up to now. And so uh, stay with me a little while. And I, I 
I want to preach to you tonight. I come to you with a burden in my heart. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, turn in the 16th chapter of the book of Judges. I will read there, beginning in verse number 26, Judges chapter 16 and verse 26. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the large of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. The roof was filled with people who were watching this old blind man making sport. The champion of the Israelites. Now he's a blind man. His eyes have been burned, gouged from their sockets with a hot poker of a Philistine. He who brought terror, who terrorized the enemy of God. He who with the jawbone of a donkey killed a thousand of them and stacked them up in heaps, Brother Holland, as he killed them. Now the 3,000 evil heathen enemies of God upon the roof making sport of old blind Samson. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two pillar, middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord's, but all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. You may be seated. God bless you for honoring the word of the Lord. I'd like to preach to you tonight something that I feel in my heart, and I come to you prayerfully. I'd like to preach to you tonight from this subject, Dying with the Enemy. I come prayerfully this evening, and uh, your pastor asked me several weeks ago to come and fill this position tonight, and uh, I uh, prayed and sought the Lord, and I, I generally always, uh, uh, before I go into a service, I, I feel something in my heart. I'm certainly uh, uh, not a... A, a studious type preacher, and when I get through, you that don't know me will know it. Uh, somebody asked me uh, uh, several months ago, said, Brother Lyle, a lady who's known me since a little boy, said, uh, I guess that you uh, you do a whole lot of studying. How long does it take you to prepare a message, Brother Lyle? And I, I said, I'm ashamed to tell you, but about five minutes. And she was rather surprised, and I said, I either got it or I don't have it. And if I bump my head against the wall all day long, it's not going to help a thing. And I tell you tonight, 
all of the books that I have garnered in 30 years of preaching, I could probably bundle them up in my arms tonight and carry them. Amen. But this blessed old book that I hold before me has become my love and my obsession. And it talks. It talks. It talks. It is a mirror. It is a reflection. It is a hammer. Amen. It is a stone. It is bread. It is water. It is so many things that is needed in this world today. The world doesn't really need to know what Billy Graham said, but they need to know what the Word of God said to us today. Amen. One of the saddest stories to me ever told in the Bible is a story that I have just read to you a little portion of tonight. It is a very sad story because it did not have to end the way it ended. I'm, I'm a lover of reading books of, of, of some kinds, and uh, when, I, when I get time, wintertime, too, too bad to go outside, uh, no job to do, then I might get a, a book down and tell you the truth, I love Louis L'Amour. And I, I, I read quite often, it's clean, clean books full of history. And uh, I, I was reading the other day, and I, and I thought, you know, it, it's so good to read something with a happy ending. I love happy endings, that uh, the bad men died, and the good man lived, and, uh, and he married that beautiful girl, and, uh, and they rode away into the sunset and lived happily ever after. Someone wrote a song and said, the pen is still in the author's hand. And I thought, you know, if, if you were the author, amen, you could make it in just any way you want it to be. As long as you are the author and you hold the pen, you can dictate just how it will be. It will be happy if you want it. And I wish all stories were happy, but the ending of the life of Samson was certainly not a happy ending. And it did not have to happen that way. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Any time in the Word of God you read about the Philistines, always remember they were never on the side of that which was right. They were never on the side of righteousness. They were never on the side of, of, of God's people. They were always the enemy. They were always opposed to the progress of the people of God. They were always seeking about their downfall and their death and their destruction. Amen. God has many, many enemies. And seemingly in our world, in our society today, it is sad that so many have aligned themselves with the anti-God and uh, with, the, uh, with the forces of this world who are antichrist. You know, a man called me a, a few days ago and, and informed me that uh, he and his wife would no longer be uh, uh, attending our church. And uh, I, I pressed him for a reason why. And finally he informed me that, uh, and he said, uh, my wife just uh, can't take your preaching, Brother Lyle. And he said, we, we've been to a lot of churches, and, uh, but uh, we just, uh, she's just not happy, and, and I don't believe we can make it there. And said, it's just, just too hard. Well, I'm very sorry. I, did, I said, I didn't really make it that way. I didn't write the book. I just happened to be... Uh, the mailman that delivers the mail. And it just happened to be that I'm the one that had to drop it in your box. 
And uh, if you don't like it, really, I have no quarrel with you. But it could be, sir, the reason that your wife, she said she'd never heard this kind of preaching, and she's never been in the real, true apostolic church. But she came out of uh, another state, and, uh, and she came out of a different circle, out of a, a, a charismatic Trinitarian circle. And I said, surely, if you've never been in the true church, then you've never heard the Word of God. And how will you ever never know the Word of God if you will not hear the Word of the Lord? Amen. There are many, and I said, I'm telling you, amen, I'm not alarmed at that someone would come out of false religion and not agree with and love and embrace the truth. Well, you have spent your life in the Antichrist church. In the Antichrist religion, I'm telling you, there are opposers of God. There are opposers of this truth today. And they are working in our world. They are working in high places. Amen. Enemies of God and enemies of God's people. I've seen a lot of children of God die and end their life in places where they should not be. Samson, uh, uh, we find him, and I've already described him, with his eyes uh, uh, gouged out of his head, uh, burned out, seared with a hot poker. And he who wrought terror in the heart of the enemy of God, he who slew thousands, and, and he who could pick up the pillars of the gate, and it was not the front yard gate, but it was the gates of the city, and he could hold those pillars over his head and climb the hill with them. Now, now we see him. Amen. He's not so powerful. And he's not bringing terror to the enemies of God. Amen. But now we find him that his eyes are burned out. That he's a weak and he's a feeble man. And they're laughing and they're making sport of Samson. Amen. Someone said, well, he was surely a hero. Because the Bible said that at his death, he slew more than he did in all of his life. Who wants to be a dead hero? Who wants to be a dead hero? Amen. He was a hero, but he was a dead hero. Not only was he a dead hero, but he died with the enemy of the God that he once knew. He died with the enemy of his mother and father and with the enemy of his people. He died in mockery and shame. Can I tell you tonight, ma'am and sir, that that will always be the end of the person who lives their life in indecision. That will always be the end of that person that cannot make up their mind and cannot fully decide what they're going to do in their life. But that young person or that man and woman who lives their life between God and the world. I see so many of them. And the pastor staying in one place through the years, many years, we see them come and go. I see people come in, and when the church is in revival, they all revived, and they are thrilled. I see people walk in, and they bring their Bibles, and they go to the altar and pray. Well, but brother, just a few days later, they're not there, and they don't darken the doors of the church, but they live their life in a place, in a valley of indecision between right and wrong, between black and white. 
between God and the world. I find there's so many this evening that are having an identity crisis. They are trying to decide who they are and what they are and what they're going to be in life. We watched, we're seeing in America the destruction of America today. The wiping out and the washing away of morals and Victorian attitudes that have made this nation the great nation that it is. We have watched the movement of the sodomites and the low-lifers and, and the, the lesbians and the sex perverts. Their movement and their cause has been advanced many years since January of this year. Never before in the history of our nation have sodomites and lesbians, the lowest scum of the earth, ever been invited into the Oval Office and were entertained by a sitting president. And he said, I'm on your side. It's a strange day. The young people of our church come in and say, Brother Lyle, we were in the mall tonight. My daughter came in the other night and laughing and said, Daddy, we were in a dress shop and said there were young men and they're trying on and buying ladies' dresses. I watched in the last 15 years the unisex movement. I watched the men and the women go into the same barber shop. I saw the unisex clothing movement. A clothing and a style and a fad that you could not tell the men from the women. And all time apostolic preachers warred against it and fought against it. And many laughed and said it's a passing trend and it's a fancy that will soon fade away. Ma'am, and so I declare to you that it is an invasion of the demonic forces of hell. The prophet said, he said, I saw, amen, the smoke come up out of the bottomless pit. And it ascended into the heaven and it fell back upon the earth. I ask you, what came out of the bottomless pit? What came out of the smoke? Demons and devils and unclean spirits and, and lesbian and homosexual spirits that have no identity that have unleashed themselves upon this generation today that have become the role models that fill the high offices in our nation's capital. Amen. Bill Clinton has, has filled almost every high position with, with the lowest scum of the earth. Sodomites, lesbians, pictures on national news of those in high office riding in gay pride parades making love, women smooching with their babies in their lap, telling our children that Susie has two mommies and, and Jimmy has two daddies. And we're even reading today where little children are taken, amen, from broken homes, from the hands of loving grandparents and foster parents, and they're put into the hands of sodomites and lesbians to be raised that way. And we've come to a day, it's invaded our churches. It's invaded our pulpits. That soft, effeminate, come on, you hear me? Hallelujah. A paramedic, I bought some insurance the other day. Good bit of insurance. And, and a paramedic came to my home to, to give me a little health physical. And, and she was an old lady, and, and uh, my wife wasn't worried at all. She's a, an old lady, ugly than I was. And she took my hand. And she said, man, she said, that, that, that don't feel like a preacher's hand. She said, it's hard. He's got calluses in it. 
Amen. But I'm going to tell you, we're, we're in a day and an hour today. They sell more perfume for men than they do women. I, they come by me, young men, they smell like they're bathed in toilet water. Come on. Brother, we, we've come to that hour when men evangelists can go spend the afternoon at the mall, spend the day, spend the week at the mall, looking at suits in the church, and the collar was just this way. Oh, I loved it, and the buttons, and, and oh, have mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah. I like men that use Ajax for powder, pine hall for deodorant. Praise the Lord. I like men that wear their clothes out from the inside. Come on, you hear what I'm telling you. Brother, there's a spirit that, that's invaded us today. And it's in our churches, it's in our pulpit, it's on our platforms. And there's not enough discernment, and there's not enough red-blooded male men in the pulpit to discern it. Hallelujah. People having an identity crisis. Trying to decide who they are and what they are. And what they're going to be. Indecision between God and the world. Somebody told me, a preacher told me the other day, certain sodomite preacher said, man, he hates your guts, Lyle. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm thrilled about that. Hallelujah. I'm happy about that. I have a shout spell about that. One of them fellas love me, I'd be worried about myself. I'm serious as cancer tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Generation that can't tell the difference. Amen. The generation living a life of in between. Can't decide. Can't make up their mind. Samson died with the enemy of God and God's people. With his head in the lap of an evil woman, he began his downward track. Never underestimate the power of a woman. Weaker vessel, what the Bible calls them. Don't want to insult you ladies. My mother was one and I married one. Weaker vessel? Weaker in what way? Amen. Never underestimate the power of a woman. We're in the day of powerful women. I will. International women in leadership. Where at? When an hour you do business at the bank, you talk to a woman a lot of times. You get the telephone fixed. I came another day and there's somebody repairing the telephone. Bent over in the corner with the head in the corner working on it. I stood there and looked. I thought, that fellow's got round hips. <laughs> Turn around, it wasn't, wasn't a him, it was a her. We come in a different day today. Come on. That's, that's one way when you're walking behind, you can tell men have square hips and ladies. International 
women in leadership. It's the day of the ladies. Amen. Leadership. Samson began his downward trek with his head in the lap of a probably a beautiful woman, a dangerous woman. Let me tell you, I, I, if I was going to start a war against women preachers, I wouldn't start it here tonight. I definitely would not start it here tonight. But I'm going to tell you folks tonight, I feel, feel something in the Holy Ghost. We better remember tonight the Word of God. There is a place for every one of us. There's a place for men. There's a place for ladies. And the book still said, Suffer not a woman to earth of authority over a man. There's a rightful place in the kingdom of God for a woman. But we, we better remember. You might not like it, but you better remember it's in the book. There is a godly Bible pattern. And the Bible teaches us that young women should pattern themselves after holy women of old. I don't want to wind up on the wrong side. I don't want to wind up with the enemy when this all comes to an end. This is a great church. This is a wonderful church, a powerful church that we're here. But I'm telling you today, I feel that there are people in this church who are in a time of crisis in your life and in your spirituality and your walk with God. And there's some today that you better find out where you are and where you stand and identify with that which is right and identify with the man of God and let the man of God be the man of God. Come on, you hear me? Amen. I, I believe with all my heart that God appointed Brother Marvin Terrell and put him over this assembly and put him over. And God put you people, you precious people, under this man's ministry. And you might not know why God put you under such a man, but God put you here because God knows what you need. And he said, I gave you pastors according to my heart, not according to your heart, not according to the political vote of the body, but God gave you a man of God, amen, according to his heart. Let the man of God be the man of God. Somebody came not long ago with some questions. I said, brother, all I can say, you let me be the pastor. You let me make these decisions. You let me make these choices. Come on. You let me obey God. And if you don't understand it now, you just stand over there and pray for me, and you stay with me, and you'll understand it after a while. You want your children to be saved? Let this man pastor your children. Amen. Forget about your way. Forget about having it your way. Amen. We're living in a world of people that are so concerned about my rights. I tell our people at home a lot of times, what is your rights is not always right. What are your rights are not always right by the Bible. There are people that are going to go to hell and wind up on the wrong side because they wanted their rights. Come on, could I get an amen tonight? Could I get an amen? Hallelujah. I love you and I'm going to preach to you tonight. The Bible is filled with the names of many, many characters who flirted with this world and died as an enemy of God. Brother Terrell, you have a Bible up here. Here's one over here. It weighs 12 pounds if you don't have one. Get me at 1 Samuel chapter 31 and read for me verse 4. 
The Bible is filled with the names of many, many characters. And as a pastor of about 25 years, I could tell you tonight, I could give you people's names in my life and tell you that I know many people who died in the camp of the enemy. Who once were lovers of God and lovers of truth and lovers of the man of God. Who shouted and danced and testified and talked in tongues and sang in the choir. And those who even preached this glorious gospel. But they came to the end of their journey on the wrong side. On the wrong side. Saul, a name that is familiar to all of us, was a man who came to his life and he was in the camp of the enemy. He was trying his best to thwart the purpose and the cause of that which was right. Read for me in 1 Samuel 31, verse 4. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through here. Can you imagine the faithful armor-bearer, the man who carried the shield of the king? Can you imagine the confusion that reigned in his heart? When the faithful man, when the king said, take the sword and drive it through me. Hey, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that are confused tonight. There's a lot of precious saints of God that are getting some confused signals. Many churches are sending confused signals from the pulpit. People came told me the other day that a neighboring pastor, not one of my neighbors, but not many miles from me, addressed his church a few Wednesday nights ago and said, I want to tell you something tonight. If you see one of the ladies of this church walking down the sidewalk with a pair of shorts, think nothing about it. It's hot, hot weather in South Louisiana. He said, furthermore, I want to tell you, Jesus had a full beard and he was a drinking man. And people left that place that night confused, mixed up. The lights were burning late. There are some confused signals. Can you imagine this armor bearer when the king, amen, said, Take the sword and thrust me through here. We'll read all. Lest he's uncircumcised of the Philistines, the enemy come and thrust me through and abuse me. Read on. But his armor bearer would not. For he was so afraid. Therefore Saul took his sword and fell on it and committed suicide. Read verse 8 and 9 now. And it came to pass on the morrow. The Philistines, the enemy, came to strip all the weapons and the shields and the swords and the gold and the silver and the garments off of the dead bodies. They found Saul and his three sons. What a shame. What a shame. They found Saul. And his three sons, read on, fallen in Mount Gilboa. They cut off his head, stripped off his armor. Listen to what they did. They, and they sent into where? The enemies of God. The enemies of God's people. Into the heathens. Into those who hated that God they served. They sent into the land of the Philistines, round about, read on, to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. Hey, I'm telling you today, there are, there are, we're in an hour where 
people, sinners can fail and nobody pays it any attention. Somebody can go into a job Monday and have a mad cursing fit and nobody pays it any mind. But if you as a child of God go there and say something out of the way or act out of the way, they're going to know it and they're going to tell it and they're going to publish it. If you're going to do wrong, amen, do it in the church. Don't do it out there in the world. You hear what I'm telling you today? They cut off the head of Saul and they stripped him. And they sent their runners into the land of the Philistines and they said, publish it. Where? In the house of their idols and among their people. And among the people. Not only that, the scripture said, and they fashioned his body. They cut off his head. Amen. They put his armor in the house of where Ashtaroth. And they fashioned his body to the wall of Bethshan. I'm talking about dying with the enemy of God. And dying with your own enemy. Every time a little old child of God fails. Every time a little old child of God backslides. Amen. The devil jumps up and down and it dances with glee. Every time a saint of God fails or a preacher slips, amen, and turns his back on the truth, the devil dances up and down with glee. You hear me? Amen. The writer says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Thou son of the morning, thou just did make the heavens tremble. How art thou fallen? I'm telling you today, amen, that God wants the best. God wants the choice. God wants the cream, young people. But I'm going to tell you something else. The devil wants you to. I said, the devil wants you to. And you're on his auction block today. And he'll give any premium and any price for your destruction. Hallelujah. Dying among the enemy. I, I see... I see things that absolutely break, touch my heart. Carload of little backslid Pentecostal young folks out in this world. I seen some here a while back. I couldn't bear to look at it. They didn't even know how to hold a cigarette. Trying, trying, trying to drink, trying to be tough. And I've seen so many of them die and never return. Where did they die? In the hand of the enemy. Drove up to my church one night just a few weeks, months ago, probably four months ago. And there laying on the four-lane highway was a crumpled, covered body of a 17-year-old young man who lived just behind my church. He left a sonic drive-in on Main Street. I understand the kids have a game they call chicken. The dare is to leave Main Street and head toward US 94 lane and see how fast you can go and never slow down. A lot of them do it and laugh about it. Jason hit the highway doing 100 miles an hour, never looked back, plowed across, just in time intersected an 18-wheeler load of pipe. For 45 minutes, his mangled body lay on the highway. Just this week, young people in America have died on the highway, entertaining in their mind 
a television program. I believe I read it's called The Program. Made in Hollywood where young people lay down on the highway among the traffic. Somebody said, I don't see anything wrong with television. Man, it's warping the minds of this generation. Young man, high school graduate, I saw in the paper the other day relatives at his graveside out of their minds in sorrow. Why did it have to be? Laid down in the highway and ended his life. Now Walt Disney is talking about deleting that portion of it. Can you imagine that Janet Reno and, and members of the federal government, the Congress are declaring to the TV industry, clean it up or are we going to clean it up? Get rid of some of the violence and poor Pentecostal people and Pentecostal preachers say, I don't see anything wrong with it. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with America? I heard one of our Pentecostal leaders, one of our Pentecostal leaders on the radio a few months ago in our state, and he was pleading with the Christian community, so let's clean up the TV channel. I thought, my God, we cleaned it up 50 years ago. We threw the devil out the door. We throw the devil out the door. Come on, you hear me today. But there are many who once knew God and walked with God are dying in the camp of the enemy today. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, man, I had dinner last Saturday night with, with a man of our community. I asked him about a neighboring church he attended. He said, Brother Lyle, he said, that church, that preacher almost caused me and my family to go to hell. He said, we sat there not realizing it. And he said, we went somewhere and visited a revival. And God got a hold of my heart. And I said, family, we're going home. And we're getting out of that place. We're not going to hell. He said, I sat there for several years. And I never one time heard our pastor say, you must have the Holy Ghost. And you must be baptized in Jesus' name. I declare to you today that we've come to see an hour. There are many churches you could go to weeks and weeks and weeks and never know what they believe. And never know what they stand for. And never know that you're in a one God Jesus' name holding this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I see so many in a place that they do not belong. They should not, they should not be there. Oh, the scripture said, Died Abner as a fool. Thy hands were not in stocks, and thy feet were not bound. But as a fool, Abner died. In the first chapter of the book of Acts, I read about Judas Iscariot. That he was numbered with us, and he obtained part of this ministry. He obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong. He burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. What a place to die. And was buried in the potter's field 
Amen. Dying with the enemy. I listened many years. One of the most profound preachers I feel in our ranks. A debater of this Jesus name message. He had as much of the scripture crammed in his head as any man ever heard. He could fish all day and, and debate at night without preparation. Young man. Could almost memorize our doctrine back and forth. I remember when, pardon the reference, but I remember when Jimmy Swaggart, several years ago, I read in our home paper, he ran an ad. He ran a half-page ad, I remember, in Morning Advocate in Baton Rouge. And he challenged with Jesus' name people. And I'm not being ugly, I'm stating that. He challenged with Jesus' name people. He made fun. He laughed at us. I used to like to hear him sing until I heard him hate this Jesus' name message. And he couldn't stand to hear him sing anymore. Come on, neighbor. Amen. He challenged us. He made fun of our message. Brother, it's not just our message. It's the Word of God. This Jesus' name message, brother, this thing wasn't done in the corner. It's the Word of God. We challenge the whole world with the Word of God that there is no other record. There is no other way to be baptized but in water in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. We're not being smart today. We're trying to save the world. And to tell you that if you haven't got baptized in Jesus' name, you just got wet. Dad in the morning advocate and he ridiculed and he made fun of Mr. Swaggart. He challenged him to a debate. Could I tell you today? Listen to me. They're in the same camp today. Could I tell you that he runs with him? Could I tell you that he preaches for him? Several years ago and I, I heard a, a young preacher, a profound, dynamic young evangelist and I won this ranks. At a big conference, I heard him lean across the pulpit. And he said, if any of you brethren out there are not sure you believe in new birth, if any of you brethren are not sure you believe in the essentiality of the new birth, he said, the world is waiting for you. He said, the trinities are waiting for you. Brother, a few months ago, I got an invitation to come to his church and hear the greatest trinity preacher in America, well, the largest church in America, to come here and preach. I'm telling you, there are those who once loved and embraced this truth and preached in my pulpit today who today have joined forces with they who years ago they fell with enemies of this truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love this glorious truth today. I'd rather die. I'd rather die today than disgrace this truth. I said I'd rather go on to my reward today than to live long enough to turn my back and to disgrace the pulpit and the precious saints of God who have supported me and bought the clothes that my children wear and the food that's on my table and supported me and stood by me to preach the gospel. Amen. Than to deny them and to back down on this glorious gospel. I fear there's a generation that's coming up that don't love this truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
dying, dying with the enemy. Oh, somehow, 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 sinner friend, backslider, get a hold of yourself. Wake up today. Where you're headed? Where you're going? What is going to be the end of it all? See, so many that will be lost, and they wind up on the wrong side, not where they belong. Trying to make it in that old world, trying to, trying to look like them and trying to be like them, down inside saying, I don't belong here. I don't belong with God's enemy. I don't belong in the devil's crowd. Up there in that holiness church is where I belong. Up there with Brothers Marvin Terrell and them good saints. Up there loving God and trying to get my children ready to go to heaven. Hear us this evening. And I'm closing. The work that is before us is not easy, brethren. We are we are dealing with a generation who are who are kicking hard against this old time gospel. Gone are the days when men blindly accept the truth. And they listened to an old country preacher and said, oh, that's good enough for me. We've come to a day that men question, men answer, ask questions about it. Many, many things are sweeping our ranks. We'd be fools if we said we are not changing. I have seen changes not as far as morals, as far as standards. But any church that you go to very many times, you will detect changes among them. You go back and there will be faces that you, you always look forward to seeing that you don't see. And I'm telling you tonight, today, I've looked around and I have wondered. Musicians that used to be on the platform, where are they at tonight? Have you hung your harp in a willow? What's wrong? Faces, people that are used to see dancing and shouting and pleasant. Where are you tonight? Where are you? What side are you on? Too many people wanting to have their way, I'm telling you. You better get on God's side. When Jehu got to town, when he drove his chariot up where Jezebel and that handful of old eunuchs was up there, he said, Is there anybody on the Lord's side? Is there anybody on the Lord's side? We're, we're seeing changes quickly sweeping us. Trends that are dangerous. Trends that are dangerous. False doctrine. Oh, God have mercy. I told someone it's been over 90 years that this great apostolic revival broke out in North America. Read, read the books of our early church history. I'm not talking about a worldwide. I'm talking about in North America. Right after the turn of the century, there was a great revelation and revival that broke out in North America and swept this country in a mighty revival and millions have been saved. And we embrace this truth. Old time men of God blazed the trail and under brush arbors over here in Mississippi and down through South Louisiana blazed the trail and preached this glorious gospel. 
old-time country boy, plow boys that were plowing and wore out overalls and broke in shoes in depression years. And as they were walking behind the mule, amen, God spoke to them and said, Go preach, go preach, go preach. And without education and without formal training and without much suave and personality, they lit out down the trail, amen, and preached revivals and, and baptized people in creeks and rivers and bayous and, and fish ponds and built churches and built powerful churches and built strong ministries and sent out preachers and missionaries. And we've loved and embraced this truth. But brother and sister, we're in an hour today. We've accepted it for years, Brother Holland. We got the truth. We got the message. We got it. But all of a sudden today, Brother Harry, there's all kinds of new doctrines that's coming. There's new revelations. Somebody said, wait a minute. You ought to hear what we heard. You ought to hear what so-and-so's preaching. You ought to hear what Brother so-and-so. Oh, you ought to hear what we're doing. It scares me, brother. It scares me today. Somebody had a dream and somebody had a vision and somebody from Podunk, Alabama fell out in a trance and they woke up and they saw stars in the sky and some preacher, amen, that come from Kalamazoo or Kalajap and all of a sudden he got a book and he read something and he come up with something. Hey, you hear me? If it's not, we better, where's that been all these years? Where's these doctrines? Where did they serve it? Where did they come from? Bible said in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. In the multitude of counsel, there is safety today. I want to I hear it, and I want to hear it, and I want to hear it, and I want to hear it again. And I want to hear some men of God, and I want to talk about it with some men of God, and I want to examine it, and I want to look at it. The importance is souls. The importance is souls. Dying among the enemy. There's people here tonight while they're coming to the music. If God called you a number tonight, you're in the wrong camp. You're on the wrong side. Would you stand with me tonight? What a way to end this great service is that somebody would find God, somebody would come home and find their place in God. And say, Lord, I've wandered so far, so far away. Out in a wicked, wicked world of sin. And I'm tired of it, Lord. I don't want to die there. I don't want to end my life there. God, I want to make peace with you. I want to get right with God. Would you stand with me? Lift your hands in prayer while you're standing tonight. Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord,